0: Our tender years bill takes one step closer to becoming law and protecting kids here in the Commonwealth. Welcome to today's Conversations with Clint as we talk about House Bill 156. Today I'm joined by Tim Bonner, state representative of the 8th legislative district uh, serving Mercer and Butler County. Uh, Tim is an attorney, and during his legal career, Tim has uh, served the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and Mercer County as a prosecutor for 18 years. Um, and he's, he has led, uh, really, in the homicide division and work, really, in, in some of the hardest cases and has a cr- tremendous track record prosecuting some of the most serious crimes, such as rape, robbery, drug dealing, arson, kidnapping, And child abuse cases. Um, Specifically, that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Tim.
1: Thank you, Clint. I appreciate the opportunity to be uh, here with you today.
0: And those of you who uh, listen to our podcast, it's been a while since we've done one. We took a little bit of a break. Uh, We're back at it here. So you'll start to see notifications coming up uh, on our podcast. If you are currently not uh, subscribing to our podcast, uh, take some time today and, and go over to whatever platform you use and a download, uh download and become a subscriber of our podcast Conversations with Clint. Uh Tim, we're we're going to talk about House Bill 156. This is the Tender Years Bill uh that we ran yesterday in the House and, and got through. Um this is a, a, a really a bill that didn't I wasn't looking for. Um it happened to come to me from a constituent in my office. And you and I have talked a little bit about that. We're not going to go into great detail there uh but specifically it was a, it was a heartbreaking story and uh we we found out that uh, through those conversations that in the state of Pennsylvania uh the tender years only goes up to age 12 what this bill specifically does is take it to 16 and you and I've talked as 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 a former prosecutor um, this would have been a big deal for you um but there's some arbitrary nature to that 12 years of age Talk a little bit about that and and what would have helped you uh, if it would have went to 16 and and the importance of that.
1: This is a very important piece of legislation. Um, Under the prior act, um, you could utilize an out-of-court statement uh, with a child 12 years of age or younger. The law has historically defined children as anyone under the age of 18. So we had a gap in the protection of the law for children between ages 13 and 16. And your legislation has closed that gap because now when we have an emotionally disturbed child who has given a statement out of court, they will not be required to appear in court where they will become all the more emotionally traumatized through that process and giving testimony. We can read their statement directly to the jury uh, when we are dealing with that situation. And you've
0: talked a little bit about um, how that's, very, very much important in those years from 12 to 16, um, because of of these these children facing you know having to face that person you know face to face in that courtroom and how devastating it can be. In these these are really tough situations where this would be used, right? So, so, talk about how that affects that 12 to 16, and why this is so important for to to take it to that 16, and how how important that is.
1: Frankly, in dealing uh, with uh, witnesses who are children, um, we have found that uh, uh, the age group of 13 to 16 are uh, much more traumatized through the process than a much younger child. Uh, a child 5 to 12 oftentimes doesn't fully appreciate the gravity of the situation and how their testimony uh, may uh, uh, affect the outcome of a trial and their families and friends. But when you're between 13 and 16 years of age, clearly um, the uh, child witness uh, is aware of the impact of their testimony. These are very fragile years for teenage uh, children to begin with. And then to add the uh, traumatization of a trial process on top of those uh, very fragile years uh, makes it very difficult for our uh, teenage children.
0: So... I want to talk a little bit about uh, the letter that went out from the ACLU basically saying this takes away due process. Um, That's not the case. And if you could share a little bit about that and and why that is still in place and a little bit about the judge's discretion uh, as well.
1: Surely. There are uh, significant safeguards uh, in place before uh, an out-of-court statement for a child can be admitted into evidence. Um, First, the child must appear in front of the judge uh, in chambers with attorneys for both sides present. And the court and the attorneys are given an opportunity to question the child to see truly whether the child is being traumatized through this process. Because if the child is not being traumatized, then the child will testify in court. So um, the judge and the attorneys uh, have an opportunity to meet with the child, the child's parents, and any other witnesses who can shed light on whether this will be a traumatizing experience for the child. Because if in fact it's not a traumatizing experience for the child, then the child will testify in court. And quite frankly, we would prefer a child to testify in court. Their testimony is very powerful coming from such a young person. Um it's very convincing. Whereas if we simply read the child's statement into court before the jury, it doesn't have the emotional impact of the child testifying in front of the jury. So the strong preference is for the child to be in court. But when we're dealing with an emotionally disturbed child, uh, this option is a tremendous tool for the court to seek justice.
0: And ultimately helping protect that child from having to relive a horrible experience. Very uh, much so. And that's, that's the key of this is... It's a tool in the toolbox that can be used to help protect these children, and I love you know our conversation. We sit next to each other on the floor of the house, and we've had these conversations about how we, that should be our goal: is yes. how do how do we how do we best help these kids to be able to give them options and opportunities to share these stories, because we want them to share them so that we can then prosecute those that have that have done these hor- horrific crimes. And this is our our child advocacy centers are a huge asset to our communities, um, and and they're able to you know talk with these these kids. Um, you you've uh, been uh, practicing law for forty five years, right? Yes, yes,
1: that's too many to admit. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> that's more years than I've been alive.
1: <laughs>
0: Just to, you know, but right. you you are so experienced in this and. Talk a little bit about, um, in your in your testimony, that in what you were going to share on the floor yesterday, you talked a little bit about, um, really, this would be just a handful of times that you would have used this. You alluded to that a little bit. Talk about, it, it may have been a handful of times, but it probably would have been very important.
1: Oh, absolutely very important. Uh, if we did not have this tool in place, and as I say, uh, your legislation is very important in expanding the tool to cover those fragile teenage years. But if we did not have um, this act in place that would allow for the out-of-court statements to be heard by the jury when we would otherwise have uh, an emotionally disturbed child who could not testify, oftentimes then the case must be dismissed. And interesting... That's, that's terrible. Terrible, yes. like
0: that's And that's the worst thing that could happen because what happened was real. Yes. And so, so what then happens? If it's dismissed, it's...
1: If it's dismissed, quite frankly, if the trial has already started, then it's dismissed with finality. You don't have an opportunity to come back to court at a later time. Double jeopardy would apply. Hmm. Um, and even if the case would be delayed until the child uh, would be more emotionally stable, uh, justice uh, delayed is justice denied for all people. Uh, but interestingly, too, this act not only is a tool to assist prosecutors... But it's also a tool to assist um, those uh, who may not be guilty. Uh, It's a uh, statement that can come into play both for and against um, uh, a particular side. And uh, it's truly a tool to ensure justice. And that's what the system is all about.
0: Well, this is the second time that we've run this piece of legislation. We did it last year. We were not able to get it done um if at first you don't succeed try try again right yes. and and we were able to get a, a even better vote yesterday we we gained 11 votes uh from what we did a prior session uh so i was i was happy about that um and it's not that i want my name attached to this it, this was an issue like i said at the beginning that came to me from a constituent and and it's our jobs to to take these seriously and draft legislation to to help fix a problem and that's what this does. And yesterday, I, I fully expected to get some pushback um, from some members on the other side of the aisle, um, but that didn't happen. And you were going to speak on this uh, yesterday if that happened, and you were prepared, and I want to thank you for that. Um, but we went right straight to a vote, and we actually had a, a very favorable vote. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a good thing, but but thank you for your willingness to speak on it. This is, this is near and dear to your heart, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. And I want to thank you for your leadership on this bill, recognizing the problem and pursuing it, uh, hopefully, uh, to an excellent outcome.
0: Well, we will see what happens now. It's over in the Senate. Um, we've made some phone calls over there to see and, and just express what this would mean uh, in the Commonwealth. Um, it will be referred most likely to judiciary over there. Um, and uh, folks at home, if, if you are listening or watching this, um, please call your local senator um, and let them know that House Bill 156, the Tender Years Hearsay Act, um, is very important to you, and it's important to your community in, in taking these uh, these criminals off our streets and making sure that justice is is number one and making sure that we're protecting kids in all of our communities. Thank you, Tim, for joining us. appreciate you being here, taking totally. the time. We're off to another hearing right. or another voting meeting. We're right. going to jump out of here. Uh, but thank you so much for joining in today and, uh, and listening in. If you're watching uh, via our vlog or listening to our podcast, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, um, and thank you for all of your support. If there is anything we can do, any state-related issues either of our offices can do to help, please reach out. That's what we're here for. We're here to represent you and make your voice known in Harrisburg. Thank you again. I hope you have a great day.